You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is pain.tv slash gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, and I am your host, Dustin Gold. It's so weird to have to say my name so many times, but uh, I guess that's the way it's done here in radio and podcast land. So, folks, do two wrongs make a right? I know the world is much more complicated than that, but sometimes we do have to boil this stuff down to simple terms because the United States runs this narrative over and over and over again. It's part of the playbook. It's part of the tool belt, similar to problem, reaction, solution. Because we can tie everything back to these things. So the United States has a narrative. If our enemies, the supposed bad guys, are doing it, then we have to do it. But then somehow, we want to claim that we have the moral high ground. and When it's just complete hypocrisy. And how do we even know that the bad guys are actually doing it, and we're not the bad guy who's the one who's doing it first? And eventually, I will show you examples that... um, We are generally the people doing it first. I hate to burst your bubble, but in many cases, the United States is not actually the good guy, at least if you're looking at it from the point of humanity. You know, it's just it's just not the case. All right, so let's pick up where we left off. If the Soviets were going to press their former enemies into service, American military officials did not want to be left behind. So the United States government hatched a plan to bring 88 Nazi scientists captured during the fall of the Nazi Germany back to America and get them back on the job. Okay? So if you haven't heard this before, you know, you're hearing this obviously for the first time. Maybe you've heard a paperclip. You don't really know what the official narrative is, but this is the official narrative, okay? And this is what the government has admitted to. So we hatched this plan to bring 88 Nazi scientists captured during the fall of Nazi Germany back to America and get them back to work. All right. Only this time, according to History.com, they were working for the United States under a project known as Operation Paperclip. So this is the Smithsonian Magazine referencing an article on History.com, which eventually we'll get into. We're not going to do that today. The article goes on to say, while the military did what they could to whitewash the past of their, quote, prisoners of peace, end quote, as some of the scientists called themselves, many had serious skeletons in their closets. And this I'm reading to you because I've done a lot of research on this, and this this part at least is a part of the, the official narrative, okay? So we did, the United States did, whitewash these Nazi scientists and basically erase their past. Goes on to say, for example, Werner von Braun was not just one of the brains behind the V2 rocket program, but had intimate knowledge of what was going on in the concentration camps. Von Braun himself handpicked people from horrific places, including a Buchenwald concentration camp, 
to work to the bone building his rockets. Annie Jacobson tells NPR. She's the one who wrote sort of the official narrative book on this stuff. Operation Paperclip was top secret at the time. After all, the devices these men helped design killed many people throughout Europe, not to mention the deaths their government was responsible for on the battlefield and in the concentration camps, right? So, of course, of course, Operation Paperclip had to be top secret. We just rallied our entire country to go to a world war to stop the Nazis, this was the narrative, right, from exterminating all the Jews. And then we brought the men responsible for building all of the weaponry that was used to kill our own soldiers as well as Soldiers throughout Europe, uh, Soviets that were our allies, you know, people in Poland were murdered. Yeah, a whole host of people. And so we rallied our country. Uh, if you want to go into the whole history of World War II, how we rallied our country and everyone was sacrificing. They were all part of this effort. And so the next thing you know, we're secretly bringing in the scientists and engineers, the monsters, the people now, as we look at uh, you know science and we look at engineering and we look at technology and we look at the mathematicians, all the people now that are part of developing the Frankenstein technologies from the robots to the artificial intelligence to the genetic modifications to the merger of man and machine. We're bringing those type of people from Nazi Germany back to our country. Of course, we had to keep it a secret. Of course, we had to keep it a secret. They weren't going to tell anyone the truth. It goes on to say, even agents with the Justice Department's Office of Special Investigations which the United States government tasked with hunting down top Nazi officers who went on the lam after the war were unaware for decades of the extent to which government officials were collaborating with their uh, query, Toby Hardin reported for the Telegraph in 2010. Okay, so even the agents with the Justice Department's Office of Special Investigations were apparently lied to. And we're unaware of what we were actually doing. See, this is where the government, the state, okay, tries to hide behind. This is why episode 47, I railed away and I told you that it's the state, it's always the state. And if you start down this path of picking individual departments or individual sub-departments or individual sub-programs within programs, within departments, within a sub-department, and then you start picking individual people. You know, it was Bob in cubicle 12 inside sub-program 1 of program 2 of subdivision 3 of agency 4. Then the state is able to pass the blame onto a fall man, all right, onto um, a patsy that they could blame 
for some kind of a program. So now you're supposed to believe that the Justice Department's Office of Special Investigations, which the U.S. government tasked with hunting down top Nazi officers who went on the lam after the war, were unaware for decades of the extent to which government officials were collaborating with the guys that they were chasing. Right, so the government is secretly bringing guys in here and whitewashing their backgrounds, in some cases changing their identities, while another department is trying to chase them down and bring them to justice. But you see, at the end of the day, it's the government, folks, the state. It is them. It's not individual people. They all work for the state. So point the finger at the state. The state is wrong. Now, we're going to go down and break apart individuals. I mean, we look at Peter Thiel. We look at Elon Musk. We look at Ray Kurzweil. We look at Dr. Peter Emanuel. We look at Dr. Charles Morgan III. We look at Lars Butler. Obviously, I'm dissecting the apparatus, which is the state for you, so you can understand who the players are, how they move the money around, how they use all all of these, you know, venture capitalist firms that are fronts for the government and partner into these new companies with Incutel, which is the CIA's, you know, venture firm that invests in Silicon Valley startups and injects money into these companies along the way. Of course, we break it down so we understand who all the players are. But at the end of the day, folks, the state allows this stuff to happen. And if they want to play the game that it's so big that x department doesn't know what y department is doing then that is just the case that needs to be made well this is what happens when government is too large this is what happens when the state is so gigantic then horrible things can happen but we can't allow the state to sit there and play this game that they are unaware. Oh, well, this part of the state was unaware that this part of the state did this. This part of the state wasn't totally 100% aware that that part of the state was enacting something that this part of the state said they could do, but the other part, well, then erase the state, then dissolve the government. Because you guys are doing horrible, terrible things, and we cannot allow them to hide behind X department they did not know what Y department is doing. And at the end of the day, nobody gets in trouble. Look at all the scandals, all the WWE palace intrigue scandals we had to witness since 2015 when Trump was running for president. Has anyone ever gotten in trouble? I'm not talking about some idiot in a cubicle somewhere. I'm talking about anyone at high level. Have they ever gotten in trouble for, on the right or the left? The right was promised that the people coming after Donald Trump and were trying to frame him as a Russian agent were going to get in trouble. And the people on the left were promised that Donald Trump was a Russian agent and he was going to get in trouble. Has anyone gotten in trouble for anything? No, because at the end of the day, it's all the state. It's all concocted. It's all controlled. This article finishes saying, while many of the men who were brought to the United States under the program were undoubtedly instrumental in scientific advancements like the Apollo program, they were also supportive and responsible for some of the horrors experienced by victims of the Holocaust. Operation Paperclip was certainly left a questionable legacy. Oh, yeah, I would say it's questionable, folks. So, 
<laughs> Although they brought the Nazis here and they gave us more horrible technological programs that have led to where we are today, which is the sort of middle stages of the extermination and the engineering of humanity out of existence. Uh, they did give us the Apollo program and some other important programs, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to keep going into this before we get back to Dr. Peter Emanuel in the Left of Boom Cyborg Soldier 2050 podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, when I get back a little more on Operation Paperclip. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And folks, thank God our government has done such horrible things or I would have nothing to talk about. Now, folks, what I'm going to do now is I am going to pull up another article for you. Again, we're just scratching the surface. I'm just kind of laying the foundation for you as we work our way towards uh, Operation Paperclip and we start to tie this into everything else that we have been learning here, what we've been reviewing and dissecting and analyzing here at the Dust and Gold Standard. So this is an article from NPR and this is um, the secret operation to bring Nazi scientists to America. And this was written in February 2014. And so uh, this is, again, this is just a quick sort of interview they did with Annie Jacobson. And so if you're watching the video version over at pain.tv slash gold, there is a copy of the cover of her book. And so it's Annie Jacobson, Operation Paperclip, the secret intelligence program that brought Nazi scientists to America. So if you guys want to do a little bit of reading, you know, feel free to check out this book. I don't know, find the audio book or something. Eventually what I'll do is I'll put links to these sources uh, in the show notes. And uh, if you're listening on the free side of the podcast, I do have the links to uh, wisdom and the telegram and such uh, in the show like in the show descriptions now so we'll eventually put links to uh, resource articles as well um, but I'm not going to read the first part of this article because we just covered it in the article before I'm just going to get into a few other details um, that we haven't Discussed. So this gets into the origins of Operation Paperclip, but I want to look here on the United States government's efforts to mask the scientists' past because we touched on that. But it says right here, there began a propaganda campaign by the United States government to whitewash the past of these scientists who we very much knew were ardent Nazis. And it happened on a number of levels, from bureaucrats in Army intelligence who were asked to sort 
uh, to sort of rewrite the dossiers on up to the generals in the Pentagon who flatly said we need these scientists and we're going to have to rewrite some history. All right. So we're going to have to rewrite some history. And we see rewriting of history all the time, folks. The people who win the battles are the ones who write the history. So who knows how much of our history is true, what is not true. You've heard Legal Man here uh, of the podcast, The Quash on this show, talking about rewriting of history and sort of what may or may not have transpired during the founding of this country, what we've learned in school versus what was actually going on. And so once again here, there were generals in the Pentagon who said, we need these scientists and we're going to have to rewrite some history. It goes on to say, and that's where it becomes very tricky and very nefarious. You have to be a Nazi ideologue to move up the chain of command so high. It's almost like someone who is a hedge fund manager in the United States trying to take the line that they don't believe in capitalism, you know. And these are some answers from uh, Annie Jacobson. And we're, we're going to go into depth on all of this stuff. We're going to review some government documents. So don't worry. This is just, just the beginning, folks. Just to, just to whet your appetite for this stuff and give you a foundation if you haven't heard of this before, if you want to start doing some research on your own. And as long as I see that you guys are using the Wisdom platform, I definitely want to host some live discussions with you as we work through the paperclip and MK Ultra material. It goes on to say that they're just trying to earn a living for their family, talking about the hedge fund owners. I mean, if you're going to rise to the top of your field, you maintain the party line, and that is what I found was the case with Paperclip. So think of it with, with this situation, as many of you are well aware of now, um, since we've seen things unfold and transpire over the last two years as connected to COVID land, the high school theater production. We know that many of the doctors, the vast majority of doctors, have to toe the line. And there's a number of reasons for this. Many have been explored uh, by several podcasts. Maria Albanese and Mike Moore have tossed this stuff around on the Thomas Paine podcast. You have a series of things going on with the doctors. Number one, they are... Coming out of med school, let's say the younger ones, strapped with two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in debt. All right. Backed by a federally backed student loan. And so these doctors who generally go to school, maybe they want to help people, but they expect to make a lot of money when they get out into the field. After they go to college, go to grad school, do their residency, you know, work uh, at a low level as a pauper for a while, and then eventually they want to make some real money. And so if they don't and they default on their loan, they're going to go from thinking they're going to have a mansion and a second home down in Miami and their boat to living in a tent under a bridge, right? So if they can't pay back those loans, they are destroyed. So you've got them connected to the loan, right? Then you have these doctors that are licensed by the government, right? So they have to follow certain orders from the government. Then you have many of them who join the American Medical Association, join other associations, 
And so they have to follow some of that script. Then on top of it, many of them have to abide by the rules that their insurance company, who they get their liability insurance from. And then many of them have deals with pharmaceutical companies. Then the vast majority are now part of large doctor groups owned by hospitals and places like Yale University, who's basically consolidated almost all of the doctors in the state of Connecticut. So they answer to a lot of people. And so they generally aren't going to ruffle feathers. And to move up in that industry, they have to toe the line. They have to do what they're told. They don't want to have their license taken away. They don't want to have their liability insurance pulled. They don't want to be thrown out of the doctor's group. They can't be thrown out of the associations or they're going to basically be discredited. And so they will end up homeless. So we saw all the doctors toe the line. I mean, we just jumped through hoops over here, my wife and I, uh, for months to find probably one of the last doctors on the planet Earth who will see our future child who is not a vaccine pusher. Uh, And it took a lot of work and a lot of research to find this, but even the ones we were referred to have now been absorbed into some sort of a network, and so they won't even go down that path anymore. They basically toe the line. And so what Annie Jacobson is saying here is that the United States government cannot play this uh, hide-behind naivete line because they know damn well that the scientists and the engineers that they were bringing here could not have moved up to the levels that they were at in the Nazi regime unless they towed the line of the Nazis. And so she compares it to a hedge fund owner claiming that they are against capitalism. I'm comparing it to, uh, you know, doctors and what we saw over the last two years transpire under COVID land, the high school theater production. You know, if you're going to move up in your respective industry, you kiss the ass of the uh, of your superiors. And so the government cannot play this game. The United States cannot play this game that they were unaware that these people were monsters. They just spent how many years propagandizing the entire country during World War Two to get on board with taking down the monsters. All right. Let's just talk a little bit about Werner von Braun. And she says he is a great example because you wonder where the deal with the devil really happened in terms of his whitewash past. Because the United States government, NASA in particular, was so complicit in keeping his past hidden, right? They literally covered up Werner von Braun's past. They rewrote history, as the general said needed to be done. In doing the research, one discovers that not only was Braun a Nazi, but a member of the SS. And not only was he running the underground slave labor facility where his rockets were being built, he wasn't running the facility, but he was in charge of the science there. But when they were running low of good technicians, Werner von Braun himself traveled nearby to Buchenwald concentration camp where he handpicked slaves to work for him as laborers. He was literally going to the plantation, you know, to pick the slaves to bring back to his labs 
where they were working for him uh, for free as slaves. So he wasn't just the scientist. He was literally running this laboratory plantation in which he had the slaves helping build these weapons of war. It goes on to say, when you see that kind of activity during the war, and you have to imagine what he saw and what he knew, it's impossible to excuse him from his Nazi past. I mean, does that not make sense to you folks? I mean, this is part of what we were doing under Operation Paperclip. It goes on to say, on the fates of the Nazi scientists... They all had different trajectories, but none of them seemed to have been held accountable for what happened and what they were involved in during the war. Of course not. Of course not, because the United States now was getting a hold of this horrible anti-human technology that we wanted so badly. It goes on to say, Dr. Benzinger, who was one of the Nazi doctors, came here, and when he died at the age of 90-something, he had a wonderful, wonderful obituary in the New York Times lauding him for inventing the ear thermometer. Entirely left out of the story was the work that he performed on concentration camp prisoners. All right, folks. Do you understand the basics now of paperclip? I mean, it goes so deep, and we are going to delve deep. Trust me. But this is the beginning. This was paperclip. We brought over 1,500 of these Frankenstein anti-human scientists and engineers over here and implanted them. We planted them, I'm sorry, into Various government agencies put them in charge of government programs, eventually embedded into the CIA, embedded into NASA, embedded into later DARPA. Some of them ended up working for large tech companies in Sacramento and other places. I think many ended up in Silicon Valley. And so we brought all of these monsters here, and then we wonder why we are where we are today. Now, you would ask yourself this question, and I want you to think about this. Uh, I framed it up to you that if we could develop Neuralink brain chips, you know, these brain-machine interfaces that could connect soldiers on the battlefield and genetic modification that could turn them into the Incredible Hulk and then strap them up with these brain-interface-connected exoskeleton Iron Man suits to go and fight some battle in some mountain in the woods somewhere because Vladimir Putin's bad and Russia would be free and democratic if it wasn't for him. Why they don't just use a laser zapper to kill Vladimir Putin and then say, hey, Russia, you're free. You know, like uh, I said, Kristoff in the Truman Show speaking from the sky. This is the United States. Russia, you're free. Vladimir Putin has been laser zapped. No, instead, we have to build genetically modified cyborg soldiers and strap them up with exoskeleton Iron Man suits. Well, in this case, folks, were we not going to war to end all of this Nazi, you know, technocracy, transhumanist, torture, anti-human, anti-life technology? Wasn't that part of what the American people were propagandized into believing? 
when we were going into Iraq, weren't we told Saddam Hussein was a monster and he was developing WMDs and then turning them over to the Taliban to use against us? Well, if we're going in to destroy the technology that these bad guys are developing because we're the good guys, then how can we be considered to be, and this is if you believe the official narrative, but how can we be considered to be the good guys, if we then take the technology from the bad guys, export it from bad land, bring it to good land, and continue to develop it, then how are we good? All of this is done in my name, in your name, in my future child's name, without our consent, without our permission. All of this is being done around the world. And it's not just the United States. This is an international cabal, right? We see the World Economic Forum. We see these international think tanks. This is an international new world order, a one world government that is doing this, but it's done in our names. It's done technically with the sweat of our brow, with our tax dollars. They steal our money based on our labor or on the goods or services that we sell. And they take it at gunpoint from us, put it in a pot, and then spend it on these kind of projects. So when we're going over into these countries, invading them to stop and destroy Frankenstein technology, only to bring it here and start to continue to build it and make it crazier, then how are we the good guys? See, we're supposed to believe we go to war to spread democracy but in reality we figured out it's to take control of an oil pipeline or it's to take natural resources or to take lithium or to take land right we're trying to take control of natural resources but in this particular case we went over there to take the technology and we exported the frankenstein technology to the united states we imported it over here and we continue to develop it we didn't go there to destroy it, folks. We went there to take this anti-human, transhumanist technology and bring it back here. And now we're experimenting on our own soldiers, our own veterans, and on the civilian population. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. We'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.